Right. Well, it is quite amazing to be here tonight singing together. Um, yeah, it's been a weird few years of not being able to gather and sing, and tonight just feels so good. And thank you guys for all your hard work. Just, yeah, exactly. They make it so amazing, don't they? And, you know, you know you can sing as loud as possible and you know, it's okay if you can't sing very well and they just sort of carry us all, which is really nice. You know, the carol service is certainly part of my kind of Christmas. It makes it complete for me. It's something that's really vital. And I wonder for you, if you were kind of asked on that game show, name the top three things that people said made Christmas Christmas, whether the carol service would be up there for you. <clears throat> might be uh, that you think decorations or the Christmas dinner with the dreaded breaded sauce that, you know, divides the crowd a bit. <laughs> Could be the pantomime. It might be getting the Radio Times Christmas kind of magazine. That's kind of a favourite. But the carol service for me is really special. For many people, of course, this Christmas is going to be difficult. Even like the basic things that we associate with Christmas are just going to be really hard for them to get. With the financial crisis that we have, we know that food banks uh, like Basics Banks and charities like Scratch that we're supporting this Christmas are receiving just more applications than they've ever received before. <laughs> And the debt charity Step Change, they estimate that less than half of us will be able to kind of afford what we think is Christmas. They reckon around one in 12 is going to be borrowing money and putting themselves into debt potentially for the whole of next year. So I guess Christmas Complete, which is our theme this year, is probably not what most of us are going to go for, maybe just sort of Christmas-ish will be before us. And of course, we still have to compete with the marketing companies that give us images of happy, smiley faces in very toasty homes. Um, and they kind of dangle a story in front of us that says, if this, then you'll get this. If you gave this gift, if you brought a big enough table, if you sat on this fancy new sofa, if you had a bigger smart TV. And we know that it's lies. We know that. We almost sit chuckling at it. It's just marketing after all. But the idea behind it, what they're getting at, is what we really want. They're saying, if you have this, you will get this. And what we want, of course, is peace. We want love, we want joy in our homes and our communities and the world. That's what we want. And this completeness that we seek, they are offering us. But I want to challenge us tonight that actually only God can deliver on those things. The main character that we read about and we watch in our cute little nativity uh, stories, of course, isn't us it's a story about God, a birth story. And the birth story is celebrated across the globe as Christians remember the moment in history that God, out of love, became visible and tangible 
to human beings. He wasn't just far away, impossible to see, but was there walking and talking and healing and caring and giving compassion to everyone he met. The Christmas story is quite simply a story of love, pure love. The Bible tells us God is love. And it is love that motivated him to become a human being. It is perfect love, pure love, a love that goes so far that it allowed human beings to slander him, to reject him, to beat him, and eventually kill him, hanging him on a cross. (coughs) We read tonight a verse from John's Gospel. He writes about Jesus' life, and in the middle of it, Right, well, towards the beginning, actually, he writes, God so loved the world that he gave his son. And at Christmas, we're invited to meet this God in the manger, not as a threatening God, not as a distant God or a condemning God that wants to tell you what you've done wrong, but a humble and vulnerable and loving God. And the verse goes on to say, whoever trusts him, that believes the words that he says are true, they won't die, but they'll have eternal life. And that's not just life after death, but the eternal refers to a quality, a wholeness, a completeness that God wants us to know. And that starts to become a reality when we place ourselves in the Christmas story with him at the very centre. And it doesn't and it can't mean, of course, that all our problems are solved, because otherwise every Christian that we met would have a perfect life and nothing would ever go wrong for them. And if you know any Christians, you know that that is not true. But complete love, God's love, fills a deeper need, our inner need, It's at our very core of our being. Some people call it a soul need, and others call it a heart need. It's one of the earliest theologians of the Christian tradition, and a follower of Jesus said this, said, our hearts are restless until we find rest in him. Our hearts are restless until we find rest in him. And this restlessness, I would say, is that sneaky suspicion that we have at the back of our mind, even when things are going the best they've ever gone, that something is missing, something just beyond our reach. It's the part of us that was created to know God. It's not that other human beings complete us like a rom-com story. It's not that stuff will complete us like a marketing story or qualifications or achievements like an academic story, but God completes us. I have to say that I was only 20 when I realised this. I felt empty and purposeless, like a lot of people do, actually. And I'll never forget that overwhelming sense of love, tangible love, in fact, as I was completely and utterly alone in my room. It wasn't hype, it wasn't songs, it wasn't a church even. 
It was just me in my bedroom having a chat with the person who wanted to know me. And at that point, I entered this story. My old story was gone and something new had started. And it was a story for me of hope, joy, peace and perfect love that guides my life. And this Christmas Day, I'll really be praying, along with millions of Christians, for this world, that people in our world and our city and personally will know peace, that they'll experience joy, and that no one will feel alone or hungry or unloved. For this is what Jesus partly came to do. But on Christmas, if you find yourself noticing that something is perhaps missing, just for a moment, consider that perhaps it might be Jesus. Remember God who came humbly in a manger, not to make our lives harder or more miserable, not to control you or to remove fun. He just loves us so much. And he's committed to restoring us to completenessness. Is that a word? I don't know. Completenessness with him at the center. Jesus wants to offer us quality of life that we were made for. So I just challenge you, why not choose this story this Christmas and begin to trust his words to get peace, joy and hope and love? And you can do it right now. I'm going to pray a really simple prayer. You can just say it quietly in your heart. I'm going to say the words, and if you'd like to say them, you can just quietly do that in your own space. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came in human form. You came to demonstrate love. I accept your love for me now. Please forgive me for the times I've rejected your love. And the times I've acted unloving towards others. And please help me forgive those who've acted wrongly towards me. I want to follow you. So help me live your way from now on to trust you and your words. Amen. If you like to know more about the Christian faith, we've got a free course starting in the new year. Um, there, you can talk to me afterwards, or you can go on our website and find out more, or you can take a leaflet. Um, it's just a bit of an introduction to the Christian faith. I was thinking about um, this, and there are, uh, what does it say, 168 hours in a week. So I'm going to invite you to spend two, just two of your 168, finding out if this story might actually be true.